I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, an investment advisory practice. I've been an advisor for nearly 30 years, and one of the questions I get asked most frequently is, do I have enough money relative to other people my age? And while that's an interesting question, it's also the wrong question. The right question is, is do you have enough money to sustain your lifestyle for the rest of your life? This is a question you should know the answer to. This is what we do. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our Big Proud American Eagle logo. It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. What you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. We're honored to be joined by Ed Dowd today. He's a former portfolio manager at BlackRock uh, and now I think a fi founding partner at Finance Technologies. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a global macro firm, right? Yeah, global macro firm. Uh, we're doing a lot of work on the vaccines and eventually we'll start a fund. But, you know, we felt it was necessary to get the word out on what's going on. So let's start with the financial issue first. You know, I think I told you before I traded debt for almost 20 years, emerging market primarily. And it was obvious to me 10 years ago that the sovereign debt crisis was coming because, uh, you know, they were re they were keeping the duration of the portfolio very low. Uh, not taking advantage of zero rates out to, you know, 100 years or whatever, and that even a few points of uh, interest rate rise would basically have massive debt service cost impact, which we're seeing now. Reserve currency issues, all of that. I mean, wh what do you, I know what their end game is, but how do you see this playing out? Do you have any ideas on what you think is going to happen in the next 12, 14 months? Yeah, so... You know, just a little background for people that don't understand. You and I are, you know, former bond guys, so we get it. Um, yeah. You know, when when you keep interest rates low for 14 years like they did, um, a lot of excess is built in the system. People reach out on the yield curve to, to get yield. A lot of people take risk. A lot of pension funds did derivatives to grab yield. Yeah. And when you raise uh, interest rates 550 basis points in 12 months, uh, from zero, the bond map is so devastating. The losses on the balance sheets of banks and pension funds around the globe are immense. And it's only a matter of time until something breaks. And, um, you know, this, I, I always thought that the global, uh, sovereign debt crisis ends, uh, the, the least valve is, is currencies. So yeah. some country somewhere is going to have a currency crisis at some point, And then it spreads. What we do know is this, the Fed uh, juiced the money supply in March of 2020 to the tune of a 65% increase in M2, and that created inflation 18 months later. So then they raised interest rates, 550 basis points, and they took M2 year-over-year -year growth 
if you look at the chart of the year-over-year -year M2 growth, it went straight up, highest level ever, then straight down to negative. So they whipsawed the, uh, the economy, global economy, basically. So they provided liquidity, then they took it away super fast. And now we're in the, the, you know, the, the credit contraction phase of this. There's an 18-month lag on M2. M2 year-over-year -year growth went negative in uh, November of 22. 18 months would be May. So things are getting interesting. Uh, you know, Evergrande uh, finally gave up the ghost in China last night. They're liquidating yeah. it. Now all the people that own those bonds are going to have to confess their losses. And we're playing a game right now. The bank earnings, if you looked at the bank earnings, uh, Bank of America... Uh, Wells Fargo, they all lied about their commercial real estate exposure. They didn't take any reserves for losses. I suspect they're getting a lot of pressure from the Biden administration yeah. to, you know, to pretend that everything's fine. So we're at a very precarious time in history financially. And this thing could this thing can unravel at any time. But, you know, again, timing is one of those. You and I were in the markets. Timing is. Yeah, everything. of course. But we're, we're in the sweet spot. That's that's what I think's going on. And uh, what we do know is this. We know commodities uh, peaked in June of 22. They tried to rally again last year. They're now rolling over. Interest rates, uh, forward interest rates are now showing that the pivot is in. And now we're just waiting for the stock market to get in gear to the downside. When you get all three of those things going on, you have a major uh, recession, which we've, we, we had kind of a technical recession in 20, the beginning of 23 uh, and, uh, or 22. And we're just we're just waiting for them to give up the ghost, and we're going to see minus three four percent at some point. So, just for our audience, M two is the money supply. But um, do you see rates going higher from here? I mean, at some point, the market's going to realize, wow, these guys are never going to pay this back, or they don't have the will or the ability to pay it back. Well, they could, but tr traditionally speaking, uh, once there's a Fed pivot in. Uh, because they're worried about uh, liquidity issues, and that's what they're worried about. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they're putting bandages on the banking system. The bank term funding program was put in place last year to prevent bank runs from Silicon Valley Bank. People have already forgotten. We had two banks fail overnight super quickly. Yeah, They did the BT, uh, BTFP. That's ending in March because they're taking losses on their balance sheet, so they decided to pull that. And... Uh, there's going to be liquidity issues. So when the liquidity is issues, the Fed will start to cut rates. And uh, uh, but, you know, we're going to be in this period of um, deflation, inflation, deflation, inflation, because the Fed's you know, going to have a bazooka type response to any kind of systemic liquidity issue. We know they'll probably print again. They may introduce uh, UBI at some point or central bank digital currency. So they're there's a lot going on, but what we do know is it's going to be chaotic. And you, we, we've said on record, we think at our firm, you're going to see periods of extreme inflation and deflation. But deflation, as you know, is, uh, can't happen for bankers, so they'll do everything to prevent that. It's inflate or die, basically. Because of the uh, debt service issue, primarily, Correct. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, do you, I mean, I know what I think, but do you think this is intentional or is it just uh a way to try to maintain power and they're extremely incompetent or are they trying to destroy our western financial system yeah i know so i get a lot of questions like that i'm not yeah. in the room so you try to you try to figure out by watching the actions yeah and and what i found super interesting at the outset of the covid crisis was uh, james bullard who recently retired federal reserve uh, president 
went on Face the Nation on April 5th of 2020, and they asked him, how are we going to open up the economy, given all the fear? And, and, and you know, everyone at the time thought we were going to die of COVID. And he said, oh, we could, good news. We have surveillance technologies, and uh, we could test people and issue immunity badges. That was a precursor to vaccine passports. So, yeah. I, you know, I think... I think there's an understanding by the central bankers and politicians that it's going to implode and they want a control system in place to make sure that they can, that they can be in charge of the new system. And again, I'm not in the room. It's only by watching what they do and what they say. And, uh, you know, so they're, they want to be on top of the new system. But people need to understand the system problems that were created by politicians and central bankers. And here yeah. we are. So is i mean the elephant in the room is crypto kind of an answer to this a decentralized non-fiat currency that uh people don't need bankers uh to to store their money and pay them 35 bucks every time they bounce a check or whatever i mean and, and tell you whether you can use your money or not at the at the restaurant in front of your client if, if the cards declined i mean do you think that it's going to be re-engineered this whole space well, crypto is definitely an interesting space for sure. It you know, obviously, like anything, there's a lot of speculation in it. Um, I think it's going to survive. I think it's an alternative system. Uh, obviously, JP uh, Morgan and Jamie Dimon are on record saying that uh, it's a problem and they want to get rid of it because of a lot of uh, um, black market issues. But if you look at the amount of black market uh, uh, um, you know, uh, revenues, most of it's done in the U.S. dollar. Mo most of the human trafficking, drug dealing yeah. is done in U.S. dollars. Bitcoin, I think, is like someone showed a chart that U.S. dollar illegal market activities, Bitcoin, this, you know, it's, it's a yeah. joke. So, yeah, yeah. so I, think, I think Bitcoin and other cryptos are here to stay. The problem is obviously the, the, bit, the Bitcoin uh, mechanism market a lot of fraud, a lot of speculation. So that, you know, like any new market, there's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, issues. Are you familiar with the, the Ripple XRP situation at all? Or, or I, heard, I heard, wasn't that supposed to be the banker? Uh, yeah, it's, it's more like a more transactional crypto, um, but it's, it's not as, in my, you know, layman's opinion, it's not as decentralized and it, it has more risk there. But you're not really an expert on that, I guess. No, not an expert on it. What I do know is I remember that was supposed to be uh, the one that all the bankers are going to back. Yeah. Which makes me suspicious. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, you know, we're kind of the cleanest dirty shirt in a pile of dirty shirts with us in China. And uh, China, I think, is much weaker than people really realize. But what about the reserve currency issue? Is there anything that can come in and, and take the spot of the dollar in the short run. I wouldn't want to give my money to the Chinese Communist Party. I know that. Yeah. No. So look, reserve currencies die slowly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I've uh, been recently watching watching Jim Rickards, who's been on this issue for a long time. And he's mm -hmm. a smart guy. And he's correct. I mean, the dollar is not going to go away as reserve currency overnight. Now, we can certainly help that along by our own actions. And one of the stupid actions they're considering right now is literally pilfering the treasuries that are currently frozen because of the war in Ukraine by Russia. Yeah. They literally are saying, let's take that money and fund the Ukraine war, which would be the first time the U.S. government's actually taken someone else's uh, money and stolen it. And that, that, that would help cause the U.S. dollar flight even faster. But again... The problem with the reserve ending the reserve currency and a lot of this talk about the BRICS and their other mm -hmm. and their machinations is if they wanted to go to a new reserve currency overnight, they would implode their economies because all of their 
debt and a lot of their debt is dollar denominated based. So they would deflate the hell out of their economy and ruin it. So this is a slow roll. It'll take time. There will be wars fought over this, I think, mm -hmm. about who's mm -hmm. going to be the reserve currency ruler. I mean, our, 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 our state uh, apparatus, the deep state, the administration, the spy agencies, they all live on central banking ability to create yeah. money out of nothing. So if you take that away, they don't have a job. So they'll fight over this. Let's switch gears for you're in Hawaii. Any update on do you know anything that happened at Lahaina at all? Just while I have you. Yeah, no, look, it looked like it was a federal uh, or local government incompetence. Uh, uh -huh. What we do know is classic capitalism, disaster capitalism 101. They're trying to steal the land. And rather than try to figure out what happened and why, I'm telling people, focus on keeping your land. And that's what they're trying to do. And, you know, it's it's classic. Uh, the people who are displaced are not receiving federal funds on time. Mm -hmm. Only 12% of the people have, uh, you know, gotten some of their money. It's, it's, it's classic. Uh, you know, the idea is, you force some. You force these people to sell their lots to speculators, and then they have to leave Maui because they can't afford to live here. So it's classic. Whoops! We roll these back up. All right, let's talk about your recent specialty, the, the vaccine data. Can you, we, we, we talked about this before on a previous interview, I think eight months ago or something. What do you, where are we now in the data as far as how many people have been impacted by the vax? Yeah, so there, there's excess deaths, there's disabilities, and there's injuries. Everyone focuses on the excess deaths. The good news is the excess death data in some countries started to come down. It's still uh, way too high. Australia was at 16% in 2022. It looks like 2023 is coming in at 11. Anything, anything above 5% is a disaster long-term. So mm -hmm. with the, big, the biggest excess death that occurred in uh, 2021 going into 22, we've leveled off, but it's still running, uh, especially amongst younger people, which is, which is like kind of the canary in the coal mine because you're not supposed mm -hmm. to die. Mm -hmm. Anywhere between 10 and, and, and 25%, depending upon where you're looking, what country. So that, that's where we are. Uh, disabilities took a, a, a leap forward in June of 2022. They hit a high in September of, uh, uh, I mean, June of 2023. They, they hit a high in September 22, about 3 million uh, above where we were in a very short time span. Then they left, left a, another million in June of 23. And the problem with that is uh, morbidity leads mortality. So while, while we've been seeing excess deaths come down, they, we could see them on the rise again because, you know, once you get disabled, you're not too far away from potentially being dead. So yeah. this is a, I'm going to I'm going to uh, Washington, D.C. in February to hopefully speak with Senator Ron Johnson again. Mm -hmm. I mean, the disability data uh, is and, and the and the, the lost work time we're seeing in the economy. It's a national security problem, and we're seeing recruitment issues with the military, mm -hmm. a combination of the woke military, the vaccine, 
injuries, the people who left because they refused to take the vaccine. Now they're, now they're getting rid of the GED requirements so that they can recruit more. So this is a national security problem. Kind of, we kind of need to have kind of a, you know, at least a national conversation about what's going on from a health perspective. I'm 190% convinced it's the vaccine mm-hmm. at the very least. Uh, if it isn't, which I doubt it, uh, the, why aren't we talking about all this uh, data that's really everywhere for everybody to see? It's, this is not this is not rocket science. We're not doing we're not doing uh, uh, physical rocket science here. We're just showing trends that are deviating long term at high standard deviations, which are signals. Does it matter how many shots people got? I mean, do you have data that broken down? I mean, because a lot of people may have taken one or two and then got the word and didn't take any more. But you have people that got four or five and then you have, you know, people still dropping dead today, young athletes or whatever. So you wonder, did they take a bunch of boosters or did they just take two shots two years ago? Well, that's a good question. We're, we don't get into that kind of granularity. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have those records, but there, there have, you know, some of the doctors, uh, the frontline doctors who expose this early will say it seems to be dose dependent, meaning mm-hmm. the more you take the worse off, you are it's it's like russian roulette if you're fine after the first two uh and you keep going for more there's a chance that something happens and again yeah. we don't know what the mechanism is whether they're hot lots whether they're you know yeah somebody puts it in the vein by mistake we don't know but we what we do know is this is the the worst uh safety profile we've ever seen in a vaccine as demonstrated by pfizer's own documents uh, if yeah you, we on our website at finance technologies we looked at the rate of uh, adverse events, events, one in 800. That's all you need to know. One in 800. Wow. That's, that's a severe adverse event, whether it's injury or death, doesn't matter. That's, 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 that's they should have stopped the trial then and there, but they kept going. You know, I've hypothesized and I'd love your opinion. Do, do you think they were just running an, an, a clinical trial on all of us with different lots and, uh, you know, just not informing us of what actually was going on to test this new technology? You know, that's all speculative and I wasn't uh-huh. in the room and there are a lot of people working on that kind of um, uh, that, that part of the case. And, yeah. and, 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 and at this point, I haven't seen any evidence to suggest uh, that. But, if you know, if it comes along, my bias is that something uh, something went wrong and uh, there may be some people responsible for it. Yeah. What about insurance companies? Are they admitting what's going on? Oh, they're they're, they're the worst. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Uh, I have some, you know, insiders, you know, telling me that that word is spreading, but it's again, the cognitive dissonance of every CEO in the insurance industry ordered and mandated their employees to get the jab. So if you're a general counsel and you're starting to maybe suspect the vax caused something, you're, you're trying to reduce exposure to being sued into oblivion. So, you know, so so there's this kind of this, insane silence going on with group life um we're not seeing the losses that we saw at the end of 21 going into 22 because they were caught they were caught off guard so they what they've done is they've repriced all group life policies those are the policies where if you join a fortune 500 company uh you you know you get one or two times your salary what they didn't Mm -hmm. reprice yet was their whole life policies any whole life policy sold before covid uh, is going to be a problematic, especially if it's, you know, a high, high ticket number, like five, mm-hmm. 10 million. There's a lot of individuals. These are underwritten policies where you get a medical examination. Yeah. So 
So, you know, we saw some movements um, uh, from some European insurance companies going into 2022 where they were selling, laying off whole life risk uh, at what looked like ridiculously stupid, un uneconomical prices to them. But they may have had some information to suggest mm -hmm. it's time to unload these high priced policies because it could be a bomb. So yeah. the insurance companies will take a big bath eventually because insurance accounting is Byzantine. So you have group life, which is short duration, and then whole life, which is very Byzantine. And it, re and it requires you hold reserve against, against those based on long-term mortality assumptions. If and when the insurance industry changes their long-term mortality assumptions, it'll run through the income statement. Yeah. I've been told maybe 2024 is the year that starts to happen, but we'll see. Wow. Um, are, are you... Are you knowledgeable on China as to what you think is happening there? Yeah, we, we put out some pieces on China in 2022, going into 2023. Uh, my, my partner, Carlos uh, Allegri, wrote a book on economic cycles, debt, and demographics. We, we look at demographics a lot to inform our opinions. China hit the demographic wall in 2020, uh, mm -hmm. which is an interesting year. That's basically when their population... Uh, had plateaued and now it's on a decline. So they, yeah. they are on a demographic decline, which uh, demographics is destiny. And China's been imploding ever since. Uh, China is uh, not doing well. You look at their stock markets, they're imploding. You look at their debt markets, they're imploding. And that's very uh, problematic for the rest of us because if you're in power and you're imploding internally, what do you do to keep your people from pointing the finger at you? You create a boogeyman and you go to war. So that's, 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 a, that's, that's a destabilizing situation in China. China, you know, I remember uh, back when everyone said Japan was going to overrun yep. the, the West. I was in business school. It was peak Japan and Japan was already in decline. And J China's the same thing. As soon as everyone wanted to go into China, it was the end of China. China's peak behind us. Investing in China is like throwing good money after bad. Uh, you know, they're going to, I wouldn't go anywhere near China. Yeah, I completely agree. So what is the smart money doing now? Or can you say? <laughs> well, you know, look, a lot of people um, uh, are very uh, perplexed by the stock market. This is not that perplexing. We've seen this before. If you go back in history to 2007, and I'm sure you remember all throughout the year in 2007, we started to see the prime uh, subprime market implode. It peaked and impl started imploding in February of, 20, of, of 2007. Banks yep. started to go bust. The shadow banking system started to crumble. What did stocks do? Stocks hit a new all-time high in November of 2007 before they rolled over and rolled over hard. And what was leading, there were, there, it was a very narrow market. There were like six or seven stocks leading that market. What is going on today? This is the Magnificent Seven. If you look at the average stock, it really hasn't done anything for the last two years. So mm -hmm. this is classic uh, end, end market behavior. Hit a, hit a, hit a new all-time high. Valuations are absurd. And you're just waiting for it to uh, you know, roll over. And the rally has been so strong and so fast. You, you and I know that, you know, strong, sharp rallies like this are bearish. Yeah. They're not bullish. Yeah. What are your thoughts on precious metals? You know, if we have a crisis and a deflationary event, the dollar will go straight up because that's, 
you know, indicative of a credit crisis. Dollars, go, the dollar going up is a lack of uh, dollar liquidity. Precious metals will get hit initially uh, in any kind of margin call, you know, uh, mm -hmm. sell off. But long term, I think there should be part of everyone's portfolio. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if you're going to own some own physical gold and coin form, don't own the big bars. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you're going to be able to transact in there. <laughs> be but... melting that in your backyard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about real estate? Sorry for all the questions. I'm just why I've got you. I just want well, to real, real estate is very interesting. Uh, it's lo it's local in many places. So like mm -hmm. Florida and Texas has been seeing home prices uh, go up while California and New York are having problems. Mm -hmm. uh, overall, uh, the millennials have been actually providing a tailwind for housing, but they're going to demographically peak their peak earnings power hits in 2025. So real estate's going to have a problem. We've got the boomers trying to unload their real estate and they've been unloading it to millennials. Millennial buying power is going to start fading in 2025. So real estate has some headwinds going, going, uh, going into the second half of this decade. Last question. Are you optimistic for the future or what, what are your thoughts from a macro tyrannical financial collapse view i mean what, what do you what do you think well you know look uh, the system almost collapsed in 2007 2008 they created more debt to fix the debt problem mm -hmm. uh i don't know what it's going to look like but the world won't end there's a real physical world that will carry on uh i'm, I'm not a, a gloom and doomer and there'll be opportunities all over the place for people to keep their heads that's so up. true yeah you know so so I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, what I do know is coming is tremendous change, tremendous realignment of uh, power structures. Our political system will, will be changed. What we're trying to avoid is, uh, you know, um, the CBDC coming in and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, basically controlling our every move. That's great. That, if, if that happens, we've got problems. Do you think that's stoppable? With enough no, I, think it is, I think it's absolutely stoppable. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of people aren't going to put up with that. And uh, people power is on the rise. I mean, if you look at the protests going on in Europe, the, the farmers are literally running roughshod all over those governments. But, you know, there's a blackout in our media on that. Uh, you see what's going on with Texas and the border. There's a blackout in our media on that. So anything that the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about, there's a reason. The reason is uh, once, uh, you know, people around the globe realize there's more of us than there are them. It, this, this nonsense all ends. And I don't think there's going to be revolutions. I think the U.S. is going to be fine. We'll figure it out. But there'll be a lot of change, a lot of turmoil. And I do think there is going to be a big financial market dislocation where everybody freaks out. And I've always said, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a little cash in your portfolio sure. to, to take advantage of when there's blood on the streets. And you'll know it. The Wall Street Journal, the New York Times will talk about the end of the system. That's when you buy everything you can get your hands on. I don't know if you remember this, but remember the banks were supposed to go all be nationalized in March of 2009. That was the bottom. I remember that. Yeah, I, I remember all of that extremely well. And uh, actually glad I'm not on the street anymore. But I, I do see a lot of opportunity in different sectors like media, for instance. I think the media is collapsing and there's so much opportunity. You don't see a, a space where the, the business leaders intentionally destroy their customer base in a very short period of time, rarely in your lifetime. It's like interest rates going to zero. You only see that once. But uh, anyway, thanks for your time, Ed. You got anything else you want people to know? 
Uh, yeah, look, the, 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 the advice I was asked today, what advice can I offer? Look, keep your head screwed on straight. Don't, don't ruminate on negative thoughts. Don't be in fear. And, uh, you know, keep some dry powder to take care, take advantage of these opportunities. They're going to be, they're going to be all over the place and, you know, have faith that, you know, a lot of really good, smart people are starting to, uh, raise their hand and, and call out the nonsense that is there for, you know, years, a lot of us felt like we were alone, mm-hmm. but, uh, we're not alone. A lot of us have realized we're the majority and all this extreme tail end nonsense. is just that nonsense. Anywhere people can follow you or are you on socials at all or. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at, uh, Dowd Edward, D-O-W-D, Edward Getter at Edward Dowd and our website, uh, finance technologies.com with a pH. Um, instead of an F has all our vaccine research. And you said you, uh, you don't have a fund yet or you're uh, no, we're in the, we're in the uh, we actually, uh, January of this year, uh, we, we just started marketing our deck. It's a very That's exclusive cool. to those who could provide a seed. Gotcha. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Take care. Thank you.